This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, Pastor Matt Grimm continues the opening verses of Colossians. We are examining the transforming power of God in becoming saints and bearing fruits within the church and to the whole world. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Matt Grimm here with the Planted Podcast. I'm joined again by Thad Keenel. How are you doing today, Thad? I'm doing good. It looks like the weather's going to warm up for us tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping so. We've been... Uh, Recording this in, in, in January, and we've had a couple sub-zero Deep days freeze. that Deep we're freeze. coming out of so. here. So it is uh, it, looking forward to a little bit of warmth, uh, at least in Michigan terms. Get above 30, we're feeling good. Yeah, uh, no, no, <laughs> right. no jacket required above 30. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so here we are again. We're with Cornerstone Church in Brighton, Michigan, and... We have uh, started a new season, a new series here on uh, Colossians. Uh, we had our introductory uh, time last time. Thad, remind us what we covered last week. Yeah, so last week we went through the introduction of uh, the book of Colossians, and some of the things that uh, we looked at were questions that we want to go in with as we start a new study in a book. Uh, for those of us that are uh, new to study in the Bible, or for those of us that have been doing it a long time, it pretty much begins the same way. We want to know, uh, first of all, who the audience is and who the author is, and that's exactly where we started last time. So we saw that we have uh, the letter coming from Paul, but not only Paul, but also Timothy, and it's being delivered to the people who are in Colossae, which we learned was in uh, modern-day Turkey, if we want to uh, right. go with that, right? And then we have... Uh, that the letter, uh, Paul, being a Hebrew scholar, was actually the apostle to the Gentiles. And Paul being an apostle, we also mentioned what is an apostle, and we learned right. that he is one that is sent. Mm -hmm. And Paul has very much directed um, us to say he's, he's, he's sent from Jesus Christ specifically. So mm -hmm. he was called and sent by Jesus Christ. So uh, Paul acknowledges the fact that he um, is not an apostle under his own usurpation or or, or, or authority or self-appointedness or or whatever, but it was direct uh, from Jesus Christ Himself. But mm -hmm. Christ is the one who delegates those being apostles. And along those lines, I finished up with a question that uh, I'd like you to address uh, with regard to his writing here that these. Uh, that he's an apostle by the will of of God. Mm -hmm. And also it sounds like he branches off to give thanks to the people that he's writing to. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so just, you know, quickly that that word um, of will of God in the Greek uh, is the, from the word uh, thelema. But but what we have here is, is just a, it, it, it can simply express the idea of a desire, and even like back then, it might even like a wish or desire, something you want to see happen. And so, but when we attach that word to God, if it's the desire of God, the will of God, in that sense, that it, it, it's more than just some kind of hopeful 
like wish or even like you know with Christian hope even we say you know we we believe that it's something that's going to happen because it's 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 in the hands of God and here with the will of God it's the same way and so um we we see this that uh now even within God he has some people would say and theologians reformed theologians would would even talk about God's will in different ways uh sure yeah we, and we've we, talked about that a little bit yeah. so in this particular case uh, we would be talking about this will of God being um, the will of His decree, the things yeah. that He set forth to happen. Right, and so, um, so with that, uh, what's the, what's important about this? I think one of the things important about this is is Paul's acknowledgement of this that he knows that this isn't isn't just something he chose to do, although in his will he obviously does. But that will is, um, and that if we even look to his conversion, right, that that. God supernaturally, you know, brought about a, a new life in him and, and brought him to this realization and, and, and then called him to this position in this office. And so, so Paul's acknowledgement that is it's not in any way to discount what he is supposed to do with that office, but it, it's to say that, hey, this isn't, this isn't just my authority I'm coming with. I'm coming by the authority of God and the action of God in my life. And so as we think about that, I think it's very interesting then as we, we move on to verse 3, and as he starts to, after he's given his kind of formal address, he then it, it begins to give thanks for the Colossians. Now, this is a customary practice in, in letter writing in, um, in, the, in Hellenistic culture in Roman times. That, that this would be there, but he, he does it extensive. He probably does, uh, spends more time or, or more words on this than might be typical. But he doesn't, not just giving, he's not just saying thanks to them. He's actually saying, he's giving thanks to who? Thank God. Yeah, thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying for you always. So he's he's expressing his thanksgiving to them, but he's doing it in a form of worship. He's saying that actually I'm acknowledging, just like I acknowledge that I'm an apostle by the will of God, I'm acknowledging that all this gift of this church and who you are, actually that thanksgiving first goes to God. Right. And I think we can expound upon that when it comes to uh, God's will and his decree, that when it comes to sal- uh, unto salvation, the... Thanksgiving can only go to God because man is unable to redeem himself because of our corruption, because of our fallen nature. So we have to have a nature change, and that's Mm -hmm. what we call spiritual rebirth. Yes, and and I think it's important, too, that that people, oh, those Calvinists, you know, they're talking about all this stuff again. That doesn't in any way discount the means by which God uses to accomplish that. And so it is a renewing of our will. And so, you know, so now we do— I couldn't make those choices beforehand um, in, in a way that we give honor and glory to God, but now we can, right? And so even as Paul is giving thanksgiving through these, um, acknowledging what God's doing in these people, it is acknowledging that God's doing it, and he's giving his worship and praise to God. And at the same time, it's benefiting and edifying the recipients themselves who are hearing about it, right? Right. And, there, and later on in the letter, we'll even get some... Uh, some warnings to make sure that you're carrying on and walking in this faith. Right. Because if you deter from it, you're going to discount according to your life, uh, according to the way that you're walking in disobedience, that mm. you'll just prove out that maybe you weren't really truly one of God's children. 
so in this in this prayer of thanksgiving, what you're going to find is theology, right? Now he's not explaining all of it in detail, which he will later in the letter in 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 some of these elements. But we see that just the nature of how he's praying, the na- of how he's worshiping God, it, he's also specifically communicating in that prayer important concepts for the Colossians to understand. Right. Right. And in that sense, you know, even as a pastor. And as, as we talk about as pastors at our church, you know, we we offer prayers in our worship service to the congregation, um, um, sometimes more extemporaneous than others. But oftentimes, like for me, I think through, I think through a passage of scripture I want to pray through. But I, I'm thinking, I'm giving praise to God. I'm giving thanks to God. I'm, I'm, we're, and also offering requests to God. But as I'm doing, I'm also thinking from a discipleship standpoint is what's important for us to ask the Holy Spirit for what's important for us to acknowledge because it's instructional sure, right? Right. at the same Absolutely. time. And I think right. and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes I think we want pr- our prayer to just be this emotive, you know, date with God, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But, it, but there's nothing wrong with prayer, prayer being directed and thoughtful and driven by Scripture, Right? right, and I think that we we see that here in this prayer that of thanksgiving that's directed to the Colossians, but the audi- but it, it, there's a double audience. The audience is God first, and then and then it's also the the people. Right, you know? right, and he's directing it as we mentioned to the saints, mm-hmm. which we want to also again clarify that that's not some measure of piousness or um or holiness on their own standard, but something that was granted to the believer through justification by faith alone, right? right? Yeah. And so their status isn't to the degree of something that, they, that they've that they done or that right. they have to hold on to, but just living in, in the truth of what God yeah, has done Paul for them. Yeah, Paul didn't hold a church council where they all took a vote and said, oh, these group of people have done enough that we can call them a saint. Right, and also <laughs> and also when we become Christians, right? I hear you, right? Then um, it's not about trying to attain a, mm-hmm. a life of perfection. It's it's about walking in the light as right. Christ is in the light yeah. and, and understanding the battle that we have with our right. flesh sometimes. Yeah, and we do work and attain and strive to those things, but we do it in the power of the Spirit, and we'll see this later in Colossians. Um, but it's because of that status we have attained that we even have the ability now, right? Right. And so that's where we go. So, so he gives God, thanks to God, and he defines who this God is that he's giving thanks to. He said, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? So, so he's, he's, he's praying to the Father of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who makes him our Father too, because he's called us brothers and sisters, right? And so in Christ, if we're brothers and sisters in Christ, right, then um, we share the same Father that Jesus does, right? right? right. And so that, that family language is, is, seems to be pretty important to Paul, we, we've been adopted into this. We see this in other places, right? And so for us to see that we get to participate in this heavenly family is a great privilege uh, that we all have. Um, and so what's he thankful for? He's thankful, he says, he's, he, they're, he's giving thanks, and I, and I think the, it's kind of this ongoing. They're praying always for you ever since or since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Um, and so he's thankful that they have come to the faith, right? And so um, that in and of, of itself gives thanks. But then he says, and the love which you have to all the saints, uh, for all the saints. So when you think about that, 
I think that's related a little bit what we were just talking about. This faith is ex- in the Colossians. Paul is, has observed or heard about, maybe through Epaphras, we talked about that last week, that it's that this faith is bearing fruit. He doesn't use that word, but but we could say, but he's it's been noticed that they have love for other holy ones, for for all the saints. They have love for the church of Jesus. Yeah, Christ. and it might be worth noting that we're dealing with a, a cultural contradiction here um, prior to Christ and grace, uh, because the Jews were always separated from the Gentiles. And so for this Colossian church to have love for all the saints means that they are recognizing what Christ has done, not only in the lives of, uh, of converted uh, Jewish children, but also of Gentiles and, and the like. So uh, it's one faith for all people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so he's giving thanks because of their faith and, and because that, that, that love is being expressed. And then in verse 5, he says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Mm. Um, let's just stop there. Yeah. What, when you think of heaven, let's, we'll talk about the hope laid up, but when, when you hear people talk about heaven, right, what, what do you think's in most people's mind we think about heaven? I think it gets characterized a little bit by, you know, floating around on lofty clouds <laughs> after life is over, right. playing a harp, you know, right. so, so pretty much, um, non-activity, uh, and whatnot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and then also, would you see most people see that as something that has, has a future, primarily a future orientation to it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So something right. that's to, to come, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that probably fits because um, in this little bit, because we're dealing with the word hope, yeah. which is always about looking forward to the mm-hmm. next, uh, the next event or right. t- tomorrow. Right. Um, but I think it's important for us to know that heaven is a present reality. Too right that it is the dwelling place of God, you right, know, and, and so forth, and so this hope that's laid up for you in heaven. Uh, so there, there is in one sense he's 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 wanting them to um, to recognize, you know, that there is this eternal nature to their faith, and he's giving thanks to God for that. But what do you think that hope laid up maybe is? Well, I would think that uh, there's a couple of ways to think about that. With uh, When you think of hope, then we have a hope of what our being will be changed. We'll have a countenance where we won't have sadness and sorrow any, any longer. And so that's a promise that's waiting for us. So that might be something that's laid up for us. But mm-hmm. I think when we look at the book of Titus, we see that that hope is none other than Jesus Christ himself. He is our hope. And that's the one that we hope for in his in his second coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do hope for him in his second coming, and we we also have, I think of the, in in some senses too, we have the the first fruits of that even now, right in in the presence of the Holy Spirit, which, which um, but it, which shows itself in traits that come to us that we in some real sense are to live out the reality of heaven even now at, in our character and so forth. And so like later in Colossians, when he talks about, he'll, he'll talk about things like putting on the new self and what that new person looks like, the new person whose hope is laid up in heaven, 
it comes into reality now, even the love they're expressing for the saints, right? Right. And so, um, so yeah, we, we definitely want to have that future hope, right? But there's a present reality that I think we'll see in the book of Colossians that, we'll, that, that, that is someone who lives out of that expectation. Right. And it also might be worth mentioning that the hope that a Christian has and the hope that's described here in the scriptures, um, as Pastor Winans was mentioning on Sunday, it's not a hope so. It's not something that yeah. like, we, we, we. I hope that the Detroit Lions can form a, a winning team. That's that's a hope. <laughs> it might even be a false hope, right? Yeah. But this hope that yeah. we have is a uh, hope that is already based on fulfillment of promises that will for sure take place, right? So it's as sure as any God's promises mm-hmm. could possibly be because God can't lie. Right. right. And that hope is also, as it described in Hebrews, is kind of based off of faith. As faith looks back to the promises that God has already fulfilled for us, uh, just as he fulfilled all of those, and we can look back in faith uh, on those, we have the hope and the same assurity that what he promises us will, will come to pass. Yeah. And so... In, and since it's laid up in heaven, I mean, uh, that, this may not be the best analogy, but if you think about, you know, when I was little, um, you know, I there was a, like, department stores would let you put stuff on layaway. Right, yeah. Right? That you could, um, you, you would start making payments to, and at some point when, you know, then you would be able to get, but it, it was, it was a, supposed to be a, a sure thing, right? That, and there's a sense in which, there's an obje- what I'm saying is there's an objective reality to this that we're we're living into something that we know to be true like you said it's not this wish that we that we think oh I'm wishing this is going to happen hope has this objective reality to it um, that is actually already laid up in heaven right and and so in that sense it's not just for a future access um, to some sense that we can live as if we are, as if we've already attained it, even right. though it's not maybe in full. Right. And so then, then we have the second half of this verse where he says, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. And so again, he's saying this is, there's a truthful objective reality that this hope is about, and it is the gospel, which is good news. And that good news is what? Well, the good news is the gospel, but it's also the word of truth, mm-hmm. um, which is that Jesus Christ, you know, has called us to be his own. Yeah. And also that we have this hope of heaven. Exactly. Yeah. So the... Was that, the, was that the answer that you were looking for, or is there something more to it? Maybe I missed your question altogether. I started straying. No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I think, at, well, at times, you know, it, for, for some Christians... It, Especially people been around. We we hear the gospel. and We already like okay. I know the gospel. You know Jesus. He he died for my sins, and I get to go to heaven. Right. You know. But the but the good news it, it is it that is all contained in that. But the the gospel is that is really is that. Another way to say it is that Jesus is victorious. Right. 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 That he he is he is and we'll see, we're going to see that as we go on in Colossians that it, it expands beyond just the fact that I get to be in heaven, right. It, it, there's all these other um, benefits. Well, right, and, 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 and the new Christian 
can also can um, have hope mm-hmm. for the coming of Christ and the end of days and the hope of heaven, that the thing that's laid up in heaven as the scripture's talking about. But the new Christian also has hope of promises that are going to be fulfilled in this lifetime. For example, the promise of sanctification through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is These are promises that, that we have hope for that will actually be attained by the power of Christ before we pass from this life. Yeah. And so, and, and so I think what we're thing is we're going to see this later on in Colossians come up sure. more, um, that, that it's very much the implications of that, that, that we need to see that this hope is, um, that is based off on, on, on the gospel and which is obviously related to the word of truth. Um, and, and this word of truth is, the proclamation of God's saving acts in Jesus Christ. Right. And not only that, it's exclusively through Christ. In other words, mm-hmm. the, since the gospel is truth and the Lord proclaims to be the way, the truth, and the life, yeah. um, it's only by Christ that this hope can come. Right. Um, very very similar wording is used by Paul in, in Ephesians 1, um, in the opening verses of that letter, Verse 13, he says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And so we see it's just it's this connection of the word of truth with the gospel of salvation, and that is all with the um that that finished work of Jesus, right? That 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 makes him the way, the truth, and the life, um, and so forth. So and and you know, in, in future episodes when we get into like verses 15 to 20, we're going to see that exclusivity of Jesus in this, but as he's the only one who's able to, who's able to accomplish these things. But I think it's, it's just interesting in here that, that God is, is the one who's getting thanks and worship from Paul, right? And if it in that, he, in that, again, that prayer of Thanksgiving, he is thank and uh, he's thankful but he's wanting to instruct them. He's thankful that they heard the word of truth, the gospel, right? Because right. that's the key to all this. And with that, it, it is where their hope comes from. Now, in verse six, then as we as we keep going, he says, "Which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth." Um, so. In in our in our season one, we talked about the nature of the Word of God and how it how it comes to us. We talked about the role of the Holy Spirit and its illumination and needed. And so he's not now. He doesn't talk about the Holy Spirit here, but he's acknowledging that in giving praise to God, that the only way that it's coming to them, as it is in the whole world, is by the work of God. Right. Okay. Um. He doesn't say that language, but he's giving thanks to God. That this is what's happening, right? Okay, right. Uh, now, the, now the statement that it's come to you as indeed the whole world and bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this statement sounds like it could be taken uh, that the gospel is saving everybody in the whole world. Yeah, that but that doesn't that doesn't make sense that there's some that don't believe. Yeah, and 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 here this you know we're we're still in the first century. AD here. Right. Right. Has has the gospel really gone to the whole world? Right. You know, so so we have to um when we have questions like this, we have to we have to ask ourselves what does Paul mean by the whole world? Right. 
And then what does it mean that it has come to them? Um, just because the, the, it has come to you, and he's acknowledged that they, that they believe, um, he's also saying since the day you heard it, and then he said understood the grace of God and truth. So um, let's go back to the book of Acts. And when, when Jesus ascends to heaven, before he ascends to heaven, what does he tell the disciples? He, he kind of gives this prophetic word to them about what's going to happen. Um, he says, you will be my witnesses, right? Right. In, In Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Judea, Judea. Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Right. So okay. here we have the world um, being described or further defined as all the nations, people from every tongue, tribe, right. and nation. Right. Okay. And this is the message that's going out to them. The gospel is a message that's, that goes out to right. all people and can be heard by every person, but the uh, the faith that comes still is through the power of, of God, um, whom we give thanks to. Exactly. And in back in back in Acts one eight, he it actually starts. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. Now that he's referring to what's going to happen at Pentecost, sure. and then it's through that power of the Spirit that they do that this happens. Um, but that that in essence is that's the it's the power of the work of the Spirit. It is what it is the mission of God to restore and redeem the world and to bring the gospel to every tongue, tribe, and nation. And so well, I think what, all to say, I think what Paul is acknowledging here is the very fact that it's come to Colossae, right? Right. If, if, if you go back to, to Jerusalem, there's a sense in which Colossae would be included in the ends of the earth from the Jerusalem perspective. Sure. Right. right. And so... Um, and and uh, and the Gentile speaking world, and so I'll hear all this the, as the Roman Empire and all these things, as the gospel goes forth, that he's acknowledging that that is that this is happening. This is in the age of fulfillment, right? And it's not completely done. It's not completely full. It's not like fully accomplished, but it's in that process, right? Uh, sure. And so that that's how I would say, um, and that. It, if you even see, he says it's bearing fruit and increasing, right? So in 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 that we would say that I don't think that's a, a language of completion as much as language of process. Would you agree? Absolutely, um, because Jesus says that the gates of Hades shall not prevail against him. In other words, his message is going to go forth into all the world, and uh, people that are in bondage to sin will be overtaken by the freedom that is granted to them by the Holy Spirit. So the word goes forth, but it needs to be enlightened by God for that to be received properly mm-hmm. in, in spiritual truth. I mean, right. Right. Yeah. Now, is it, it, it's interesting that, um, does it seem a little bit backwards to you that it bears fruit and then grows? It seems like in agriculture, does things grow and then they bear fruit. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's you know? interesting. Well, I, I think maybe that analogy must be tied into uh, Jesus Christ describing Himself as the vine, mm-hmm. and and we're the branches, right? Mm-hmm. And so, as long as we're abiding in in the vine itself, right. in in Christ, then that's what bears the fruit. Just as the gospel goes forth, and the fruit right. is the the end results right. or the succession of what's pushing that forth. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, but even but I and I I think you, we could even and I'm I'm just being a little bit of conjecture here too, but um, you know I don't know that it's meant to take exactly like that because even but to continue to grow, continue to reproduce, you need to bear fruit because within the fruit is more seeds and the seeds get scattered and then more plants grow uh, are are given life and grow and so forth. Right. So it's 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 a continual process. So I think you know in some senses it's just communicating. That that is the nature of the of the work of the gospel, right? That the the gospel is 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 a it's it's this good news, and, and news is a message. It, it, you know, it's something that needs to be told and told and told. And and he see Paul is seeing that happen in his own ministry here in the ministry of Epaphras and, and among the church here at Colossae. Right. So. Uh, so it's again we we talked about the gospel being read. Um, and so it's by the hearing, and, and mm-hmm. it says here in that continuation of verse six, since the day you heard it and understood. So there's two things: um, there's hearing, and then there's understanding, right? Mm-hmm. And what are they understanding? The grace of God in truth. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then, then they for just as you heard it from Epaphras, we've already mentioned that he's um, you know part of that ministry. So. Um, What's what implication do we have in this prayer about? We could take this both, I think, individually and corporately. So this is it's bearing in fruit and increasing as it does among you, okay? And that you is going to be, uh, if we had the Southern translation, it'd be y'all. Right? <laughs> it would it, be, it's yeah. Y- it's plural here. So it's among all of them. Now, like yeah. if you're Southern, I mean, if you say y'all, I can be talking to you and say y'all, but if I mean plural, don't I say all y'all? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the proper way to do it okay. all y'all. So yeah. Right. Um so uh so he so, says yeah, since so, the day you heard it. Right. So there's a sense in which when we hear the gospel, when when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us, quickens us, renews our hearts, right? And we believe we come to faith, um so there we grow from that point. So there's there's growth in terms of more people coming into the faith, but there's also growth within the individual believer as well, right? For sure. Do we grow up in our salvation? And so so if we think about bearing fruit and increasing, I think we we think about that. So it's not just that more are coming to faith in Christ, but it's even those who come to faith in Christ are going to grow up and they're gonna un in my understanding of the grace of God and truth will continue to grow. How the how I understand the truth of God and the knowledge of the gospel, it's going to continue to bear fruit in my life. Right, and right? if you um, take the example of the word Christian, where that came from, it was because there was a time period in this early church growth that people were saying they're like little Christ yeah. because they were reflecting his actions in the sharing of truth and the edification of of the body of believers and the sharing of the word. So you mm-hmm. have the word, which comes by hearing, you have the people that are transformed by that word, and then you have those that go forth and they bear that truth out. They share that word. So it spreads in that manner. So it, there's a couple of, of perhaps ways to look at the bearing of fruit, like you said. you know, mm-hmm. It bears fruit in the individual's life, but it also bears fruit as it goes out uh, throughout the rest of the world. Yeah, right. Um, so... So in, in, in some sense, we see all this tying together, right? That the, the, this is bearing fruit as they're, they're, as they're going to understand the hope that they have as they understand 
the nature, the expansive nature of the gospel, um, and, and also just the extensiveness of, of, of that, of the benefits that come with that. There, there is this um, idea of bearing fruit and, and growing and having this increase that, that I think is important in, in our individual life, but also in our communal life, that we have to always kind of be asking, you know, in some ways, can we sit back and reflect, not to be to make it just about us, but as we're looking, and, and, and I think it leads to good worship, it leads to thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but it, it can it, it also makes us ask. I don't think we're we're not designed to just sit back on our laurels in the Christian faith and say, oh, you know, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm good. Me and God, you know, we're good. We I, I took care of that, and it, it's good. And and you know, yeah, I, I come to church some, and I do this, but you know, we're. You know, I've, I've basically got this Christian thing under control. Well, this is, goes back to something that you were saying earlier about uh, God our Father, as in he becomes our Father because we are heirs of God and, you know, through like brothers and heirs of Christ, uh, and we are going to be co-heirs with Christ, I mean. And as our Father, that means what? That means that we've been adopted, Mm-hmm. Right, so we have two right. things that happen. There's um, that we're declared righteous, which is right. the forgiveness of sins. That's one thing. And if I just look at uh, uh, my growing up, mm-hmm. there's there's my dad, right? You know, even though he's my dad, if I've if I've wronged him and he and he forgives me, that's great. But if he doesn't love me like a father when he forgives me, that that doesn't mean anything. But when I'm taken into yeah. the household and forgiven and recognize that my sonship, that there's two things that happen. One is it just an amazing, comforting feeling, overwhelming love, but also that I am to live according to the standards of that household, right? right? And so this is the emulation of of us living it out exactly. in, 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 in Christ under his power yeah. and, 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 and grace. Yeah, and I think, and so what is, what's being restored? Well, we can go all the way back to Genesis 1, right? And the first command that he gave to Adam and Eve was to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Right? And so if we're bearing fruit and increasing, <laughs> right, we are being restored back into that original image of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to live out that image. We're to bear fruit. That, does, that means we're going to be, there will be more people coming to Christ in number. They're bearing fruit. But I think that bearing fruit um, it, it, it also and comes with that other part of it in terms of being stewards of what God's given us, of living out and, and living in that um, representative nature where we're partnering with God and ruling on his behalf, where we're bringing, you know, the light of, of God to the world and so forth. And so, um, so yeah, it, it just makes me think, you know, that restoration of Genesis 1. And and, back, and as you said, even as you were talking about the father there, it makes me think even of the, the story of the prodigal son, right? The father welcomes him back, gives him full rights and privileges. Again, lets him wear the, the robe and the the ring, and he gets to act like a full family member with a full inheritance once again. And, um, and, and, but with that comes responsibility, right. To, to live that out and act that out. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's a wonderful picture, I think, of, of, of one, the faithfulness of God, um, showing itself through the people being restored to that faithfulness, which he then closes here, at least this Thanksgiving portion, um, lifting up Epaphras as an example of that. He's a fellow servant. He's a faithful minister of Christ on their behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so he's saying, yeah, and, and this is because God's work in Epaphras and his faithfulness 
you know that this that he's that's the mean he's one of the means God has used to to for this Thanksgiving to be able to be offered to him. Right. So, so the minister of truth, uh, mm-hmm. leadership within the body of believers, and also uh, the one who bears that truth out and extols that relationship. And here he's relaying the information to Paul that these people are are true believers and that's made manifest because of their love, which is, yeah. you know, representative right. of, of Christ, but it's because of the Holy Spirit right. in their lives. Yeah. And so I think, so we see here an acknowledgement in this Thanksgiving. I think next week we'll go on to his, more of his intercession in this prayer of, of what he's going to be asking God for them. He started off with this Thanksgiving, but in this, this initial part of prayer of Thanksgiving, I think what I, one of the things I really see is, um, is an acknowledgement by Paul of in his worship to God of the means of grace. We, we all this is being given thanks to God for His grace, but there was means from which it's a, it's being accomplished. That, that God used Epaphras, and then He's using then the Colossians themselves, and that they're growing and increasing. And it means that that the um, that while this faith is given as a gift. And, it, and it, it comes not through anything they've done. It's, it, it's, it's by God's grace through faith, but it reveals itself in love. It reveals itself in confession of the truth. It reveals itself in a life that's lived in hope. And it, it reveals itself in community that is bearing witness, that is growing in bearing fruit, right? It takes that, us that, all the way back to our very yeah. first episode of, 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 of the Planet Series when we were doing the <laughs> yeah. Word of God in right. Psalm 1, yeah. you know, that like a tree planted by this river of life, yeah. right? And so to be, and it's the theme that we talk about for our show here, to be rooted yeah. and established, yeah. right? In the faith. So when you're rooted and established, that is growing by the truth um, and this is the whole counsel of God, all of his word, right? right? And so uh, the, the scriptures are starting to come to him, but they, they, they're they getting a lot of their truth as well from the scriptures that existed at that time, which yeah. was the Old Testament, right. because it's all truth. It, it's, it's not been um, put to the side mm-hmm. with Christ, right? It's right. just showing that Christ has fulfilled all of these things that right. were shadows. Yeah. And, and so... Um, so yeah, as as we close this this episode, I think it's it's important for us as we think about the so what. You know, we also have well, so what. Um, this is this becomes a great I think model for us if we think about our church, we think about our family, think about a, a small group of people that maybe we are committed to one another in. Do we stop and give thanks to God for what He's doing? Um, and I think sometimes that's a great preventative medicine. So, you know, medicine, what are we doing to prevent ourselves from getting sick, from, from prevent ourselves from leading into things? And in the Christian life and Christian community, you know, what can help us prevent from, from getting downcast or bitter or keep us from get, being uh, starting controversies or, or, or getting upset, you know, complaining about the church or complaining about this or complaining about that? I think one of the things is how, how thankful are we, right? Um, and, and so it's, it's good to just say, um, in our personal time, but also in our corporate time, are we stopping and giving thanks for what God is doing? And it's not bragging. You know, it, and I think that's one of the things, in, instead of us from, you know, saying, look, patting ourselves on the back, look at how good we're doing. Right. We're giving thanks to God for how his faithfulness is being expressed through us. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't come along, as Paul does in off, off his letters, and point out things we need to be working on. 
right? Because he's got some issues he's got to address with them. But he, he starts with the thanksgiving. And, and I think it's important for us to have that be an important practice in our, in our personal life and in our communal life, that we're taking time to be thankful and, and looking for the fruit of God in our, in our, in our lives, in our communities, in our, in our families, in our churches. Yeah, absolutely. And working off that term of, uh, of saints, which we described as holy ones, yeah. right? Uh, that is something that Paul ref- encourages us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed yeah. by the renewing of our right. mind. And if you read the rest of, of that chapter 12 scenario, mm-hmm. it describes what the marks of a true Christian are. Mm. So there's characteristics that we have to emulate, which are of Christ, of course, yeah. uh, to walk this out properly. And it's not just saying, yes, I believe, and then sitting in the corner watching TV all the time, <laughs> right? It's about right. edifying yourself. The transforming of our mind comes by the, the hearing and the reading of the word and study and meditating on that word and all the things that you just spoke of. Right. And uh, so with this, we are encouraging one another to uh, to be about the business mm-hmm. as ambassadors of Christ. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, good. I think that's a great place for us to end today. Um, a great exhortation to, you know, from Paul to to be worshipful in our in our reflection and and, and thankful to God. Um, but that and out of that that this bearing fruit, this increasing, and as you just said, being about the business of God, right? That 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 uh, that we are encouraged to do that, and and we can and we can be grateful for all those who are who are partnering in that with us, just as Paul's grateful for the Colossians and Epaphras. So, uh, so yeah, come back next time as we will be looking at uh, the rest of Paul's prayer uh, here for the Colossians. Sounds great. We'll see you next time. All right. Thank you. our time together today. Be sure to join us next time as we look at spiritual wisdom and walking in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com. 